0: So today we come to the end of the book of Habakkuk. It's a short book in the small prophets in the Old Testament. And today we come to the conclusion of what is Habakkuk's prayer. As we will see, Habakkuk's prayer, unlike his laments, his laments were in distress. When he was pleading to God, it was in desperation. Now, his closing prayer, he arrives at peace. And we're going to take a look at the peace that he arrives at and how it is and why it is that he arrives at peace. In doing so, we will be able to see how that applies to our own lives, in the troubles, in the issues of our own lives, and how can we too arrive at peace. If you are able, let us stand for the reading of God's word, Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 through 19. So the inerrant word of God reads as follows. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut out from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deer's. He makes me tread on my high places. To the choir master with stringed instruments. This is the word of the Lord. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. For indeed your word is truth. Your word is like a lamp unto our feet. It is a source of living water that gives us comfort and security. Lord, as we see today... In this conclusion of Habakkuk, give us such faith as Habakkuk had, that we may learn to have joy in Christ in whatever season of our lives we may find ourselves in today. We ask this by the power of your Holy Spirit and in the name of Jesus Christ, amen. You may be seated. So by title today's sermon, Arriving at Peace, Habakkuk's Conclusion. After lamenting, asking God, Lord, why is this happening to my people? After hearing back from God two occasions, and then pushing back as to why God was doing that, after recognizing then that God is perfect and holy in his attributes, after expressing that he is still afraid nonetheless, Habakkuk now closes his prayer with resignation, with hope, and with faith. With resignation, hope, and faith. It is those three aspects that are key to our message today. Habakkuk's closing demonstrates an attitude that we can learn from. When my son was about two years old, I brought him with me to the grocery store. And at Bonds, they have this flower shop where you can get not only flowers, but balloons. And the balloons are healing balloons. He saw that somebody had one, and he really wanted one. So I got him a, a healing balloon. As we went into the car and put in the groceries in the car, I tied the balloon on his hand and told him, be very careful, because if you let it go, it's going it's to be gone. So we got to the house. I'm unloading the groceries. And I look over, and he's crying uncontrollably. For sure, I look over, and yep, he was looking his balloon, go make its way to the stratosphere. He cried bitterly for a while. I think it was one of the first times that I often tell my wife that I can tell when my son is being a crybaby versus when he's actually crying and he's grieved about it. This was such time he was very, very grieved about the loss of his balloon. So I consoled him. I hugged him. And after a while, I noticed that he took a deep, long breath, and he began to play with other toys. At that moment, I sensed that my little Zeke had resignation. That's what we mean when we say resignation, not perhaps in the most common sense that we sometimes use that word, like I want to turn in a letter of resignation to my job, right? Not in that sense, but... Resignation coming to terms with what is. Are we aware then that one of the qualities of a Christian is knowing how to have resignation? That is, how to have peace, acceptance of the providence of God. Because whatever we're facing in our lives, it is not that God lost control and all of a sudden a trial came your way that God didn't expect or did not decree in one way or another. How much do we trust God in His sovereignty then, when what we value in life floats away, like my son's balloon. Are we a con- unconsolably miserable? Are we grieving to a point that we are absolutely? terrified, or afraid. Now, granted, this does not mean that we don't mourn. This does not mean that we don't weep. It doesn't mean that we don't hurt. God understands all those things. It doesn't mean that we don't need a shoulder to cry on. But what it does mean is that as Christians, we are called not to lament like those that have no hope. That's what the scripture calls us to. So with this in mind, let us look at the first and the main aspect of Habakkuk's prayer, which is Habakkuk's resignation. We're reading verse 17 as follows. Though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls." So basically, whatever the livelihood of Israel is, it's going to be gone. No fruit, not even in the aspects of figs and olives, was the most prominent fruit in the land. No olives, meaning no oil. They highly depend, and depended on that for food and light. At night, right? So that represents some sort of darkness. The flocks, right? Whether sheep, rams, ox, they've dispersed. They're all gone. No harvest, no food, no animals. So Habakkuk understands if this happens, he realizes it's just a matter of time before they're done. They will die shortly after. There's no provision we can understand then why Habakkuk still has fear the situation he's in the corruption of the land God judging the people with the Babylonians coming in plundering them this pretty much includes a very real possibility of their livelihood what they depend on to live being wiped out okay so Habakkuk is anticipating that is a very real possibility And hence, in this final prayer, which is actually a song, it's addressed to be played. It is a very emotional song that Habakkuk is giving to God. It reveals his emotional and spiritual condition, coming to terms with the fact that the wars that might happen will likely happen. And in that, he has resignation. So that leads leads to asking us a question, what what do we fear most? What what do we value? Why do we do what we do? I will suggest that if we do a quick analysis of why we value the things we do and why we do the things we do, it's very often for our preservation, for our self-preservation. In what way? Well, we need a job. We need provision. We need shelter, food, security, comfort, survival. Some of us need to have a better diet, exercise, practice a healthy lifestyle. Perhaps we are dependent on certain kind of medication, treatments. Why? Why do we submit ourselves to that? Because we want to extend our life, right? We want to take care of ourselves. Now, that, that is not wrong or sinful in itself. Those are things that God in His mercy and provision has put before us so that we can take advantage of those things. But if we are honest, as we think about those things that sustain ourselves and those things that make us live a relatively comfortable life, what would be our thought process and our reaction if we start thinking what it would be like if those things are taken away from us we live in a culture that does not know is not familiar with the self-denying principle of resignation of coming to terms with the facts of life that include suffering we want to get out of that as soon as possible And typically, again, if we're honest, we are not at peace when our comforts are taken away. Let alone when something more serious is taken away or inhibited from our lives. Let us look at a couple of uh, resignation examples in scripture other than Habakkuk, which we just read. The first will come from 1 Samuel when Eli asked Samuel to tell him what God told him. Kind of threatening him to you better fess up. Tell me everything you said. And this is what Samuel said. 1 Samuel 318. It is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And then when David prayed, fasted, and wept for his child, but his child still died. Remember that? What are we told? 2 Samuel 12:23. It says, but now he's dead. Why should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he will not return to me. Another one, when Job was stripped of his family and his possessions. Job 121, he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked I shall return. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I've been sharing with some of my brothers that as I'm studying the lives of the early Particular Baptist, which means Reformed Baptist basically, what we are today, that it includes a lot of suffering, ministers, pastors, families losing their young children, losing their spouses, This morning, as I was talking to my wife, getting ready, and she was uh, rehearsing one of the songs, and I told her, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I would be ready. The theology is great, the blessings of God are astoundingly merciful to us. I don't know if I would be ready. For a trial such as the ones I'm reading over and over and over and over in those that could be considered the ancestors of our faith. One of the ministers losing his family, his children, and upon losing one of his daughters, him thanking God for taking away. Because he says, how can we only thank God for giving and giving and giving? Shall we not thank him for taking away? For is he not in control? May the Lord have mercy on me. On you. To cling to God in such a way that we trust him. In his sovereignty. Another example of resignation, ultimately, in our Lord Jesus, Mark 14, 36. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me. Yet, not what I will, but what you will. That's the Lord Jesus. When he was sweating blood, because he knew... Not that he was going to go to the cross. He could endure that. But that the wrath of, of God the Father, that he would lose fellowship momentarily with God the Father. Yet, not his will, but the will of God the Father. The Christian then should understand that in a broken world, in a sinful, fallen world, we will have loss, sickness, misery. And ultimately death. We all will pass through these. Sooner or later. So then where do we turn. When these things hit our life. When we seem to be buried in in these. Tribulations where do we turn. Well first. Let us be reminded that the Christian life. Which includes. Congregating, discipleship, prayer, worshiping of God together and in private. In a big sense, it's like training for a battle. The theology we learn, the concepts we hold on to, the truth of scripture that we learn. It needs to serve a purpose, right? To change our minds, our hearts, our character. So that when tribulation hits, we are prepared when everything's fine that's right even the heathen can do that it is when the test comes that determines whether we are indeed what we say we are let us look at two quick scriptures that reveal that concept to us Isaiah 40 verse 29 he gives power to the faint and to him who has no might he increases increases strength Right. In those times of tribulation, of torment, of pain. We need to remember where our strength comes from. 2 Corinthians 12.9 The only time that Paul ever asked for physical healing. The Lord Jesus, what do he tell him? He says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness so then God's strength in our lives is primarily seen not when everything is good but when things are not good and we are weak when we realize we have nothing of our own account that can make us persevere through a difficult time now the irony is that many people leave the faith during these times many people become discouraged and leave or denounce God during these times Right? Because they think, well, this church thing, this God thing, did not really work out? Things actually got worse. You know, no, thank you. Goodbye. I will suggest to you that that is someone who is training for a battle, being a Christian, being a soldier of Christ, arming yourself with the required weapons, And when the enemy is finally approaching you, you actually take off your armor and you put down your weapons and you go at it just with your flesh. You realize what you're doing? You stand no chance. You're forfeiting all the training you did. Now to some extent, a lot of this blame in our church today is from the pulpit because a watered-down gospel is being preached because the prosperity gospel is prospering and people are believing it. And overall, the pulpits are not preparing the saints for the times of tribulation. And this is a misrepresent- misrepresentation of Christianity by our modern Americanized version of it. Let us not be lured in by. the concept that if we follow Jesus, our lives are going to be great. There's no guarantees. Remember Jesus said, count the cost. Count the cost of following him. Following Jesus is not free. You will have tribulation. Now secondly, the Christian life, other than it's like preparing for a battle, is ultimately preparing us, preparing you, for the day that you die. Right now, we are in training right now at the second for the day that you breathe your last. Romans 14, eight says, for if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. As Christians, we should constantly remind ourselves that this world is not our home. This world is not your home. Psalm 39, verse 4 says, O Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. In other words, the book of James also says that life is like a vapor it's here and it's gone, like a breath. When you go out and it's cold in the morning, you breathe, you see the steam and it's gone vapor. This past year, I preached three funerals. One of them for a dear and loved woman who was 97. The other one for a young man that was 18. Death does not discriminate. Death will not discriminate you. You think that you're too old and you kind of got it all figured out. You're on your way out. You may still live a long time. You think you're young and that you have your whole life ahead of you? Might not. You might not. Death will not discriminate you. So then we must understand this concept of resignation. Understanding and accepting with peace what is. Just as Habakkuk realized that anything can be snatched from you at a minute's notice including your livelihood and ultimately your life and Habakkuk was made to realize this he learned to be at peace with it his prayer tells us so he learned to be at peace with it resignation now the question is why why was he at peace answer because he knew God he trusted God and hence he had hope This us to our second characteristic of Habakkuk's prayer, Habakkuk's, Habakkuk's hope. Verse 18 reads, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. Habakkuk knows that calamity is certain. It's a done deal. The Babylonians, the Chaldeans are coming and they're going to get spanked real hard by them. Yet Habakkuk in his resignation has resolved that he will, still, he will still rejoice in the Lord. And this joy is a result of him being safe, of him, of him being in the Lord and trusting in him for his salvation. This type of joy is speaking of in Philippians, where it says that peace which surpasses all understanding... Right, will be granted to us. Let us remember that that type of peace is needed when things are not okay. If everything's fine, I mean, we can easily be happy and joyful. But if we think in our lives to the times that we wish we had joy, or perhaps some of us think of it as wish we had happiness or that things were different, that's when we really need the peace that surpasses all understanding. In Habakkuk's case, where did that originate from? Let us take a look at verse 4 of the previous chapter. Habakkuk 2.4, it says, Behold, his soul is puffed up. Meaning of those who are coming to plunder him. It is not upright with within him, but the righteous shall live by faith. There it is. Habakkuk's faith his hope is not in some sort of ambiguous positive thinking garbage that we learn many times in our world today or that we are trying to be pursued uh, persuaded to think of that he's going to you know live his best life now and become a champion that's not what he's hoping he, he knows what's going to happen his faith is rather based on the fact that he knows god From his Lamentations in chapter 1, we know that Habakkuk has expressed he knows the character of God that has been revealed to him, namely that God is eternal, that God is holy, that God is sovereign, that God is righteous, that He is a just judge, that He is merciful, and that God remembers His covenant with His people, and therefore God will ultimately be merciful. My friends, can we say today, can we affirm that God is, if he's truly sovereign in our lives? Can we say that we know the character of God? Or the moment that our comforts are intruded upon, all of a sudden, we have grounds to doubt God. Habakkuk wrote that key passage, being inspired by the Holy Spirit, that the righteous shall live by faith to remind us that ultimately if we are righteous and if we are living by faith, we are secure in Christ. The righteous shall live by faith. Now the question is, are you righteous? Am I righteous? My friends, if our answer is yes, the only way God will agree with us is if we say that that righteousness that we have is none other than Christ. That's the only acceptable answer to God. Are you righteous? Am I righteous? This righteousness comes by faith, not in something vague, not in positive thinking, no. By faith in Jesus Christ, in His person and in His work, His virgin birth, His perfect life, His death on the cross, which we deserved, taking the wrath that you and I deserve, And then his resurrection from the dead. Defeating sin, defeating death, enduring all shame. The grave could not contain him. He had to resurrect. By faith in that, in that person, in that Jesus, not the Jesus that we hear about in the cults. Or in pop culture. No, in that Christ, we then would be declared righteous by putting our faith in him. If this righteousness is not yours, God commands everyone everywhere to repent of sin and believe in that Christ, in that truth. This call is for me, for you, for all mankind. And it comes not in a family package, but individually. Nobody's born a Christian. We must be born again. So that we can have that hope as Habakkuk did. And we can say that we too rejoice in the God of our salvation when things have gone wrong. When the, especially when the certainty of death is approaching. So then we see that this hope is based on true faith. Takes us to verse 19, Habakkuk's faith. It says, God the Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the deers. He makes me tread on my high places, to the choirmaster with string instruments. Habakkuk's faith allows him the certainty that his strength is found in God. When all is gone, God is still present and in control. So then, will we be the type of Christians? Who, if ever hit with famine or heavy persecution in our church and our faith, if we ever are not allowed to enjoy meeting in such a comfortable place like we are today, we have to meet in our homes or whatnot, and the provision of us worshiping in this way or the provision of our jobs is taken away, of our livelihood are at stake, then will then be a time that we turn our backs on God. Or will we be like Habakkuk. Applying and putting into practice all that we have learned. The faith that we have given, putting that in practice. Using the training and the weapons that we learned for spiritual warfare. As Christians then, we are to be... Trained to rejoice both in feast and famine, to rejoice when others are weeping. Again, it doesn't mean we don't weep with them. But it does mean that only us as Christians can have true rejoicing during trials. If nothing else, because we know that we are being drawn closer to God in our trials. James 1 1, 2 reads as follows Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Is it not a joy then to become more dependent on God? Is it not a joy then to know that if God has ordained those trials in our lives, that he has providentially given us his church? For us to bear each other's burdens, for us to weep with each other, for us to rejoice with each other, to weep with each other. Is it not a joy to grow closer to God? If we think back at the times that we've grown spiritually, that we've experienced God deeply, is it not in times of sorrow? Is it not in times of trial? Romans 5, 3-5 to 5 reminds us of that as well. It says, Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. It is that type of hope faith and resignation that brings Habakkuk to trust in God in the worst circumstance Habakkuk is at peace in his final prayer to God so then what can we take away from not only this prayer but the book of Habakkuk in general The book of Habakkuk reflects real life. It is not like a movie where, you know, at the end everything works out. No, that, that is a westernized, Americanized version of, of life. Habakkuk knows that the worst is yet to come. It's not a fairy tale, uh, you know, beautiful ending story. No, it is the opposite. So this reality reminds us that we live in a sinful world and we are called to repent, to trust in Jesus and to know that He will be with us through our trials. He may not avoid us, our trials, but He will be with us through them. The book of Habakkuk then reflects the real world. Secondly, Habakkuk closes his prayer, worshiping God, praising God, and thus being at peace. So it brings us the question Am I at peace? Are you at peace right now? In the season of your life, are you at peace? Or do you need resignation in an aspect in an aspect of your life as Habakkuk had resignation? Have we turned perhaps to blame God because something is not going the way we expected in our lives, our plans, our jobs, our kids, what have you? Now, mind you, many times the reason why things are going sideways is because of our own sin, because of our own disobedience. But we are quick to point fingers, right? Lord, if you would only know how my wife is. But no, many times those trials are a consequence of our sin. And then lastly, where do we turn? Where do you turn when dealing with these difficult trials? From Habakkuk we learn that as the real world is fallen and sinful and causes pain, hurt, suffering, many times Consequences of our own disobedience. We are reminded there's real brokenness. Where do we turn in that brokenness? As Habakkuk's name implies. He clings to God. He holds on to what he knows God is. Merciful. Just. Good. Eternal. All knowing. Knowing who God is. Will make us realize that there is nowhere else to turn. No, where are you going to turn? To vices? To pleasures? Where are you going to turn? May we be like Habakkuk. One who clings to God. Because we know God. Because we have faith in God. So that we can then be as Paul said. That for the Christian. To live is Christ. And to die is is gain. Not everything has a happy story in this lifetime. In the life to come, yes. There will be glory. There will be feasting. There will be communion with our Lord Jesus, with the triune God. That, my friends, that is our home. And to that we look forward to. As Habakkuk did, clinging to God. May he give us that attitude today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word teaches us, shows us, instructs us, rebukes us, gives us hope. That no matter what we're going through right now, what is to come is glorious. What is to come is our true home. May you give us faith, Lord, to persevere. May you give us faith. To have resignation of those things that you've decreed in our lives. So that we may act with godly wisdom. And turning to you. In those instances. To you may be the glory Lord. Have mercy on us. We go now in peace. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.